It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, June 2nd. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. After the California report, the KVMR News team takes you to the scene of last night's flag raising in downtown Nevada City, where rainbow colors were hoisted over City Hall, marking the start of Pride Month. Then, the 20,000-square-foot Condon Park Skate Park may have a facelift in its future. Up ahead, Crush Nevada City owner Holly Dilly talks about what's necessary for the potential revamp. And rock band Moon Alice takes the stage tonight at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley. KVMR's Felton Pruitt caught up with Barry Sless, the band's lead guitarist and musical director, for a preview of what the night will hold. I'm Madi Bolaños, and this is the California Report. State lawmakers are trying to make renting more affordable by capping how much landlords can charge for security deposits. CalMatters reporter Alejandra Reyes Velarde explains. California renters must save up thousands of dollars to provide security deposits that can legally be as much as two months' rent or three months for furnished units. The bill advancing through the state legislature hopes to cut down on this cost burden by capping that at one month's rent. San Francisco Assemblymember Matt Haney, who authored the bill, said these upfront fees can leave people stuck in overcrowded and sometimes unsafe living situations or force them to take on debt to secure housing. Haney was actually inspired to write the bill by a janitor in his district who was crammed into a one-bedroom apartment with his wife and three kids. Those opposed to the bill, which include the California Apartment Association, say that limiting security deposits could mean landlords increase rents instead. The bill has passed in the Assembly and is now in the Senate. That was CalMatters reporter Alejandra Reyes Velarde. California's governor, attorney general, and education chief are warning local school officials against banning books. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. In a letter to superintendents and administrators across California, Governor Gavin Newsom, Attorney General Rob Bonta, and school superintendent Tony Thurman note a growing trend nationally of removing books from library shelves and threatening teachers and librarians. They go on to write that access to books, quote, especially those that may challenge us to grapple with uncomfortable truths, is a profound freedom we must all protect and cultivate. The five-page letter details state and federal legal protections against book bans in schools and cites California Education Code, which mandates the accurate portrayal of the, quote, cultural and racial diversity of society. The letter ends with a warning. If a local school agency bans or removes material, the decision may be reviewed by Attorney General Bonta's office. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. In higher education, graduate workers at Stanford University voted this week on whether to form a union. Results won't be in until summer, but as KQED's Holly J. McDeed reports, the move to unionize at Stanford is part of a wave of graduate student workers unionizing nationwide. Barb Voss is a professor of anthropology at Stanford now, but back in 1998, she was a graduate student instructor at UC Berkeley. She remembers how university administrators argued they were students, not workers, and insisted their paychecks were financial aid and not wages. So she and other graduate student workers went on strike. Of really actually affirming the value of my labor and the labor of other graduate students who at many, at many universities, including Stanford, are key components of the university workforce, but are often not recognized as workers. 
Finally, in 2016, the National Labor Relations Board ruled student graduate workers at private universities were employees who could unionize. This year, graduate student workers at the University of Southern California, the University of Chicago, and elsewhere have all voted to form unions. Chloe Bro, a graduate student worker at Stanford, hopes her university is next. Stanford works because we do, because graduate workers work, and that the quality of the work will only get better. Um, once we have a say. Those workers are pushing for higher pay, more protections for international students, and better processes for people who report discrimination, harassment, or abuse of power. For The California Report, I'm Holly J. McDeed. The city of Amsterdam in the Netherlands is known for its cafes that capitalize on the social experience of cannabis by offering coffee, food, and sometimes even live music. Despite California being known for its weed, that combination of fun is still illegal under state law. But maybe not for long. Assemblymember Matt Haney's bill, AB 374, would allow cannabis businesses to add food and drinks to cannabis-only dispensaries. It just passed the state assembly and will now go to the Senate for approval. It's been exactly one month since Hollywood writers walked off the job and began their strike. Still, there's been little progress in getting a deal done. On Thursday, union leadership sent a message to its members promising to remain united and not fall victim to a divide-and-conquer strategy like in the last strike. Michael Schneider is a TV editor for Variety. He looks back at where we were at this time in the 2007-2008 writer's strike, which lasted 100 days. I think they're seeing the the, the kind of uh, support that they didn't see in 2007-2008 from uh, not only the the, the actors, but also the teamsters from a lot of the uh, the below-the-line folks who feel that this is their fight as well. That's also providing the impetus for productions to be shut down, which you didn't see as much in 2007, 2008. You still saw a lot of production that had already been written continuing to film. You're not seeing that this time because folks are a lot more aggressive in shutting down those productions. Schneider says all indications are that this strike will not end anytime soon. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. And that's the California Report for Friday, June 2nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beal, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Holly J. McDeed and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. LGBTQ Pride Month is currently celebrated each June to honor the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan. The event marked a tipping point for the gay liberation movement in the United States. 
Now the month of June honors this movement for LGBTQ rights, as well as celebrating LGBTQ culture. Last night in Nevada City, a group gathered on York Street at the feet of City Hall for the ceremonial raising of the Pride flag. June 1, 2023 saw the largest turnout for the ceremony from Nevada County residents yet. This comes on the heels of previous years in which flags were stolen and vandalized. The original Pride flag was created in 1978 after activist and politician Harvey Milk asked artist Gilbert Baker to design a symbol of gay pride. Despite being a national celebration, Thursday's event focused on the local LGBTQ community and its presence throughout Nevada County's history. Nevada City Council member Daniela Fernandez was present at the flag raising. Uh, we're about to raise the, raise the pride flag for the third time um, ever, and we're super, super excited to launch uh, LGBTQ Pride Month. It signifies the start of Pride Month. Uh, pride means a lot of things, and particularly here in Nevada City, it means something special too. Some of our forefathers of Nevada City, uh, part of uh, you know uh, David Osborne and Charles Woods, um, you know the the founders of KVMR and the Miners Foundry were a gay couple, and so they're a large part of the cultural fabric of our community. And so not only um, are we celebrating this like people are around the world, but uh, particularly our Nevada City LGBTQ history. The skate park in Grass Valley's Condon Park will soon be rebuilt, but exactly how is still up in the air. KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza has more. After nearly 22 years of service, the local skate park in Grass Valley is beginning to show its age. The once butter-smooth concrete is cracking in places and lacks a few key features, like a flat space for Nevada County's growing community of roller skaters. The one thing we're kind of lacking at our skate park is a flat roller skate pad or a place for beginners. Right now, a lot of the roller skaters are constantly getting kicked off the tennis courts, the pickleball courts, the basketball courts, because there's nowhere flat to skate, really, in Grass Valley or Nevada City. That's Holly Dilly, owner of Crush Roller Shop in Nevada City. She's also on the board of Nevada County Skate, a recently cemented charitable organization whose biggest aim is to advocate for the construction of safe spaces where people of all ages can learn to skateboard and roller skate. I caught up with her in her shop to ask her about an upcoming meeting at the Grass Valley City Hall. We're having a meeting in Grass Valley at the city at 10 a.m. Monday morning at City Hall to talk about Um, what people want to see. It's open to the public. Anybody can go, anybody can speak, and it's a chance for the community to really say what they want at the skate park, and that's how it's going to be built. Um, I know that they want it to be a destination skate park, and they really want to make it something special, so it's going to be themed. We're not sure if we're going with the Yuba River theme or if we're going to go with gold mining or the Nisanan yet. Um, This is all open to the public to have an opinion and to say what they want to see in Grass Valley at the new skate park that they're going to build. Another topic up for discussion at the meeting? Lights. Holly tells me that having lights at the skate park won't just make it possible to skate longer during the winter when the days are short, it'll also allow more people to skate in the summer. She pointed out that it can be overwhelmingly hot in the middle of a summer day. In the summer, also, yes, it's a long day, but it's hot. And it's 110 degrees, and when you're out there on that concrete at noon, it is so hot. And it's not feasible for kids or parents to go there and skate during the day. Um, So yeah, having lights to go into the nighttime a little bit would be pretty amazing. The public is invited to provide input about how the skate park in Condon Park should be rebuilt by attending a meeting at 10 a.m. on June 5th at the Grass Valley City Hall. 
That's at 125 East Main Street in Grass Valley. Additionally, Nevada County Skate will be washing cars to raise funds on June 3rd from 12 to 3 p.m. in the parking lot across from the Nevada Theater. For KVMR, I'm Claudio Mendoza. Let's pivot to your forecast from the National Weather Service. Meteorologists forecast that June will bring above-normal temperatures to California, which could worsen the state's remaining drought. Although according to the National Weather Service, there's no clear indication of how much rain the state could receive this month, one thing is for sure, parts of California will scorch this summer. According to the Sacramento Bee, Northern California has some intense heat waves in store. The heightened risk of fires this season is in lower elevation grasslands, as moisture from winter storms is drying up faster than in the mountains, which saw record snow this year. More vegetation in these areas can be fuel for flames. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 56 degrees. Saturday sunny with a high near 83. Saturday night will be mostly clear with a low around 60 degrees. Sunday sunny with a high near 86. Sunday night will be mostly cloudy with a low around 62 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight clear with a low around 40 degrees. Saturday sunny with a high near 73. Saturday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 45 degrees. Sunday mostly sunny with a high near 75. Sunday night will be mostly cloudy with a low around 45 degrees. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight clear with a low around 57 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 91. Saturday night will be clear with a low around 60 degrees. Sunday, sunny with a high near 93 degrees. Sunday evening will be partly cloudy with a low around 62 degrees. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Baltimore-born Barry Sless is a master of the traditional six-string guitar and the pedal steel guitar. He's a member of three different bands, one of which sees Sless-adjacent Grateful Dead founding member Bob Weir. Listen in as KVMR's Felton Pruitt discovers what the musical director is up to in downtown Grass Valley tonight. We're talking with Barry Sless. He's the lead guitarist and musical director for Moon Alice. He also plays pedal steel in a band called Bob Weir and the Wolf Brothers, and he also plays lead guitar with a band called David Nelson. So uh, you're a pretty busy guy. Yeah, it keeps me off the streets. Keeps everybody safe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we've got Moon Alice coming into the Center for the Arts this evening. The show gets it on at 8, so you got plenty of time to, you know, take a shower, get dressed. You know, I know you had a hard day at work, but you want to go see a great band. And boy, going to see Moon Alice is going to see a great band. Why, thank you. Uh, we hope we can live up to that. I mean, we've got now, we've got Roger McNamee singing and playing guitar. We've got Pete Sears playing bass and, and maybe doing some singing. Barry Sless playing guitar. I don't know. Do you pick up the bass sometimes when Pete's playing keyboards? Uh, well, in this version of the band, Pete is strictly the bass player. And we've, uh, we're going to have Mookie Siegel from the David Nelson band with us on keyboards. Our old friend. That's right. And then you also got, uh, let's see, Lester Chambers and Dylan Chambers as well coming down? Yes, Lester Chambers from the original Chambers Brothers. People might remember from their hit, Time Has Come Today, from uh, sometime in the late 60s. And um, they were also featured in the movie Summer of Soul. I think they were the first act in the movie. 
from uh, you know the festival that happened in Harlem back in the '60s that didn't really get the attention it deserved. And then uh, Dylan is a Lester son. So that's that's quite some history. And then when you add Pete Sears into the mix, of course, Pete was like well, he was the bass player on Maggie May for Rod Stewart. He goes back that far. Well, he wasn't the bass player. I had to correct you. He played the Celeste. Oh, thank you. Yes, on that on that track, uh, which is like towards the the like second half of the song. It's very distinctly present in the the mix. It's kind of like these chimey bell sounding things. Or is it a keyboard or what is a Celeste? No, it's a keyboard. Okay. Yeah. So on the early Rod Stewart stuff, uh, Pete played mostly keyboards. And then, you know, he went on to play with Jefferson Starship and was the bass player for them. And also play, actually played bass and keys. Him and David Freiberg uh, switched off. They both played uh, bass and keys. So he does it all. My goodness. <laughs> and very well. And, and very well, too. And he's also just one of the nicest people that rock and roll's ever put out. Absolutely. A sweetheart from the word go. One of the nicest people, you know, kind, gentle people that you'll ever meet. So along with this incredible band, which is called Moon Alice, you've got also the Chambers Brothers in there, but then you've also got the T-Sisters playing with you as well. Yes, Erica, Rachel, and Chloe Teachin, uh, known collectively as the T-Sisters. And they joined the band around the same time the Chambers Brothers did in mid to late 2019. Yeah, we now have five very strong vocalists in the band, and it's just really changed and rocked our world. Well, I know the last times I saw Moon Alice, they were kind of historic performances, especially near the end when Lester Chambers comes out and starts singing. I mean, you just don't get any better than that. Now it's sort of evolved where he's on stage most of the time. Excellent, excellent. And, and, you know, most most of the vocalists are up there most of the time. There may be an occasional song where just the the T-Sisters are featured, where the Chambers might not be there or vice versa, but it's kind of evolved into just an all-inclusive, uh, big, happy family. And it really, it's really become a kind of a family thing because we've, we've had, added two blood families to the band. Right. You know, the three sisters, two of which are twins, and, you know, the father and son chambers. So um, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of love in the room. There's always a lot of love in the room when Moon Alice plays. And then you always give out a poster, too. Are we going to get a special poster for uh, the Center for the Arts show? I believe so. That's not, not my department. So um, my, my guess would be yes. Because I have about four or five Moon Alice posters just from your performances up in this area. We're talking with Barry Sless, the guitar player from Moon Alice. Now, Barry, we actually have known each other for a couple months now. I think we met uh, back at KFAT when you were in a band called Cowboy Jazz. This is correct. Yeah, yeah we're both Baltimore kids. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, I was walking around my neighborhood yesterday taking pictures of all the, you know, the, the peace signs and just all the, you know, signs of love everywhere. And it occurred to me, Gee, in the old neighborhood where I where I grew up, the most prominent sign was police line, do not cross. <laughs> yes. Well, that was Baltimore in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, but you were in that you were in Cowboy Jazz, which was a wonderful band. I think only two records really that came out on Rounder in the early eighties. But uh, you guys left a, quite an impression around the country because you toured a lot. Uh yes. 
uh, still, you know, go places today where, you know, people remind me that they saw me, you know, back whenever, sometime in the 80s, late 80s, or jazz or mid 80s. And then you're also playing with uh, David Nelson from the New Riders of the Purple Sage. And David gets out every once in a while, doesn't he? Uh, yes, we're still we're still doing um, a limited amount of shows a year. We've got his uh, 80th birthday show coming up at the Hopmock Novato Outdoor uh, Backyard Space on June 16th. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, we got a few other things planned, but we, you know, we maybe do, I don't know, 10 dates a year, something like that. Yeah, and always wonderful. And I guess Mookie's in that band too, isn't he? Yes, since day one. And then you're playing with this other guy, um, a newcomer on the scene named Bob Weir and the uh, Wolf Brothers as well. Uh, Yes, been doing that since uh, last February, I think were the first dates, February 2022. And uh, we've had a lot of fun dates, some fun tours, played some cool venues, uh, the Ryman Auditorium, um, three times, uh, Radio City Music Hall in New York, and uh, some other fun stuff. And uh, we've got a fun tour planned for September. Uh, We're on seven of the dates on the Willie Nelson Outlaw Picnic Festival Tour, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, and you were part of the uh, the redo of Ace, uh, the 50th anniversary of Ace, when they played that at, uh, what was that, Radio City Music Hall? Radio City, yes. Yeah, great recordings. I mean, that was really wonderful to hear Bob and everybody redo the Ace album. Yeah, he's he's been on a roll. I mean, first of all, he, <laughs> he really doesn't slow down. He seems to always be playing shows. Uh, he's got a lot of energy for it. He's not somebody that rests on his laurels. He's always working, always practicing, working on, on getting better. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's still got it. (laughs) Well, now I know that you and I used to go see the dead shows after cowboy jazz shows way back in the eighties. And it was your goal back then to, maybe you wanted to play with the grateful dead. Well, Barry, you finally got that. Uh, you, you finally got to do that. Well, I think I've just, you know, uh, wanted to, uh, eventually move out to the Bay Area and be involved in the Bay Area music scene. And um, so, uh, yeah, somehow that happened. Sometimes if we follow our dreams, they're actually there at the end of the rainbow, huh? How about that? I like it when the plan works out like that. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're going to get to see you tonight with Moon Alice. It's always a wonderful show. Eight o'clock tonight at the Center for the Arts here in Grass Valley. Moon Alice with Barry Sless. And uh, we thank you for uh, spending some time with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Always great to talk to you and and love that venue, the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley. And um, hope everybody will come out and fill it up for us. And let's have a good old time. That's Barry Sless playing with Moon Alice tonight. Thanks, Barry. Thank you, Felton. That's our newscast for Friday, June 2nd. Listen to anything you may have missed on our website, kvmr.org, and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Sierra Commons, providing infrastructure and education to food entrepreneurs. The Kitchen Incubator Program hopes to create businesses that can help strengthen local food and job security. Information on becoming a donor or program participant at sierracommons.org. 
Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. KVMR will be at the Nevada City Farmers Market this Saturday, June 3rd. Stop by our booth for raffle and birthday brunch tickets.